everybody. Welcome to the Others Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Penny. Uh, a new guest joining me this week, long-time uh, Neptunes, NERD, Pharrell fan. Uh, some listeners out there will probably know him via different groups and Instagram and, and stuff like that. But um, joining me from, I was going to say the sunny UK, it's not sunny at all, having the conversation we just had before this. But joining me from the rainy north of the UK, Aaron White. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, man. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, normally on here I complain about the, the awful snow and ice and bad weather, but we're now into summer season, I think, so uh, enjoying the sunshine, or trying to at least, now that we're allowed out of the house a little bit here. And um, yeah, despairing on a daily basis at what's going on in the world. So it's it's a mixed bag at the moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy right now. How are you coping over there in the UK? Uh, I'm good. I'm actually really enjoying really enjoying enjoying this lockdown just doing nothing just relaxing uh, it's <laughs> first, first time i've sat still and been in leeds for for months a, uh, probably years probably the, the longest i've been in leeds for years so i'm really enjoying it i think you're probably the only person i've spoken to that's uh said they're enjoying it i think most people are kind of crawling the walls at this point but oh really yeah it's, i'm just taking this time to make music that's pretty much all i'm doing sitting in making music writing a bit and that's it so yeah it's good it's a good thing to do yeah you know I've, I've been trying to use my time a bit more uh productively let's say and you know work on the podcast and some videos and the website and bits and pieces so so yeah not too bad here and i guess uh, over here in finland we're not quite as um locked down as the uk and the us and in other places so we can actually get out and about and all our bars and restaurants opened up uh, two weeks ago i think something like that so so yeah, we can actually get out and do stuff now, although we still need to, you know, socially distance ourselves and all that kind of thing. But at least we can go to the pub. Quite jealous. <laughs> You'll get there eventually. Get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, three weeks time, fingers crossed. Yeah. So a bit of a weird time to record um, a podcast with, you know, everything that's going on in the world at the moment. And we'll, we'll probably touch on some of that later as it ties into some of the the BBC, EU and US news. Um, But first, we'll kind of do our usual and we'll uh, go through a track, um, a track of your choice uh, this week. You picked from the the list that I have at the moment and you picked, quite surprisingly, uh, Yellow Light from the Despicable Me 3 soundtrack. What's that surprise? I don't know. To me, it's one of those kind of underrated songs and I, I really enjoy it and quite like it. But it's not, uh, I think like real, I say real isn't the right word, uh, amongst a lot of, you know, NERD and Pharrell fans, you know, I think a lot of them aren't really too keen on the uh, the soundtrack type stuff, you know, the, the SpongeBob, the Despicable Me and all those kinds of things. They're not, you know, they don't sound like, you know, real Neptunes or real NERD type tracks. And mm-hmm. I think that puts a lot of people off. Um, but I, I find a lot of the, the soundtrack stuff is, yeah, very underrated. Yeah, I think that's why I picked it. I mean, I guess in a way I'm kind of that typical fan that thinks the soundtrack stuff isn't necessarily true Neptunes, true Frail, true NERD. But that's why I picked it, because it's, it's something different to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely a different track compared to not just frail stuff in general but even compared to the previous despicable me songs so i thought it was a good one to choose yep definitely so uh a couple of facts to start us off um 
So as I said, it was a single release from the Despicable Me 3 soundtrack, the, the worst of the Despicable Me films, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a big fan of any of them, but uh, released on the 9th of June 2017. We record this on the 11th of June 2020, so um, just over three years old. The video was directed by uh, Brad Abelson and Alan Bibby. Uh, I think Brad Abelson works for Illumination, also works on The Simpsons. Um, Alan Bibby is a, um, what's the word? Just a, you know, a video director who works with a lot of the you know, kind of larger companies and artists in general. Uh, at the moment, you know, five million YouTube views, um, which I, I thought we'd probably have more than that with the kind of whole Despicable Me tie into it um but yeah five million i don't think it was released as a physical single i know it was available for um individual download and then obviously as part of the soundtrack album but um from what i could see it certainly didn't chart anywhere or or do anything uh from that perspective so um if we get into the song in the video then i guess I'll let, as you're the guest, I'll, I'll let you go first and you can give me your kind of initial thoughts and opinions. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the video then. So I guess when I watched the video, the first thing I got was, it seemed to me that they're trying to recreate happy. So it's just, it's Pharrell, he's dancing around LA. He's, he's trying to look happy. One thing I noticed actually, he looks really uncomfortable. He looks kind of like he's not fully in, in the moment. It's part way he's trying to march the minions across the street and he looks almost like he feels a bit embarrassed. Anyway, I think it's trying, it's trying to mirror happy. It's him dancing around. Obviously, the song sounds quite electronic, so they've tried to incorporate some kind of computer game element into it uh, with the minions catching bananas running running through the streets. Um, I quite like the video, actually. I especially like the part where it goes to the breakdown and percussion comes in and goes kind of like a like an old-school video game, which I guess you've seen in a lot of Pharrell videos. You've got... Things like uh, Everyone Knows Remix, uh, Aladdin, which came out recently, uh, It Girl. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of any time it does anything like that. Um, that's it. I guess it's not really, it doesn't really stand out. It's, it's not particularly memorable, but it does its job, I think. I think, yeah, it's perfect for the soundtrack. Yeah, I noticed in the video there's a, a kind of mixed... Um kind of premise to the video so when when it first starts i think maybe it's the very first scene or the first kind of cutaway is you see um the minions in two two minions i think in a in a apartment building window which i think pharrell is sat outside of and they're fully animated minions so they they already live in this kind of real world that pharrell is in and then we kind of get to um, you know, Pharrell obviously then gets up, starts walking. We get to a stop sign or a cross sign, whatever it is in the US, and then we see these kind of um, eight-bit minions, and they jump out of the stop sign, and then we've got eight-bit minions in the real world. Then they go on this journey through LA. Then they're transported into this kind of computer game, as you mentioned, which Pharrell you know wins, and they're transported back to the real world. Then we see, I think we see them again as 8-bit minions, but then again at the end we see them as fully animated minions. Um, that's a, a very small minor thing that I'm sure nobody else will will notice. But it was just it it was just a weird, I just found it a weird thing. It didn't kind of, it was a weird kind of narrative. It didn't kind of quite fit. I got the, the idea that there were, you know, he was saving these minions and bringing them back to this kind of real world, but you already had 
they were already in the real world in the first place as these 8-bit characters. Then they went to a computer game. Then they came back. Um, I was going to say I found it confusing. I didn't find it confusing. I just found it a bit... Uh, just a, a slightly weird take on the video. Yeah, I didn't even didn't even notice the storyline. So it's quite a, quite a good eye you got there. Yeah, and I imagine it was, it was probably a slightly more um, fluid storyline that made sense. And I guess it's kind of in the editing where it um, gets chopped up a little bit and... It, I was going to say falls down. It doesn't fall down, but, you know, just gets a bit uh, confused, let's say, perhaps. Yeah, because I remember the time that this song came out, there's a lot of people filming from like the windows of their apartment buildings when the video is being made. And I remember there was this scene, and it hasn't come out in any music video, so I assume it was for this, where Pharrell's running down the street and he's being chased by a lot of people in, wearing, like, green suits. I guess they're going to be replaced by minions. And that scene's not nowhere in the video, so I assume there's much more story to it, and we've had to crunch it right down to the point now where you can't quite grasp what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, yeah, it's filmed in um, LA. There's a couple of kind of quite busy streets where you can see they've renamed the streets to generic names. I think one is just called Avenue and one is called something else. So they've obviously had to shut down those roads as well. So yeah, I'm sure that kind of all plays into it, and then plays you know the editing plays a part and stuff. So, so yeah, definitely. After that, so we normally talk about the um, the kind of Pharrell fits and you know the kind of labels that we're kind of seeing um, in the videos. A really good Pharrell fit in this uh, this video, which he kind of keeps throughout the whole video. We've got the the pink Tims, which I really really like for some reason. Yeah, I think they look really good. Some BBC shorts. Um, and if you're a fan of those shorts, I think somebody on Instagram was selling a pair recently, maybe the sixth letter or somebody like that. Got a Supreme Corduroy cap in yellow. Um, a yellow jacket. I have no idea what the make of it is. Um, and then, obviously, the signature uh, Pharrell Canary yellow diamond ring, which um, seems to be fairly prominent um, in a couple of scenes uh, with his hand in front of him, which again, because of the colour of it, uh, kind of ties into the the theme of the video. Um, what else have we got? In terms of, yeah, the, the kind of content of the song and the, the lyrics themselves, I, I hadn't really read too much into it previously, you know, with it being... Um, essentially from you know, a kid's movie. But then actually reading through the lyrics, and I think if you go on Genius, there are some annotations on there. I'm not quite sure who's made some of the annotations, all the annotations that are on there. But there's actually kind of some, there's some lighthearted themes in there, but also some serious themes intertwined um, within the lyrics. Um, yeah, it talks, I've got some notes here. Let me have a look. Where are they? So yeah, you've got kind of got the the more serious side about the kind of you know the the current state of um, the world. Well, at, at that time, obviously nothing like it is at the moment. Um, talking about you know um, everyone's overdosing the blue light use. Obviously, uh, a, a kind of reference to the blue lights you get from devices and phones and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a take on um, you know. The anxiety and mental health problems in the US and in the world. What else is there? Then yeah, it kind of it kind of goes into the latter part of the verses, uh, which I think is kind of repeated in a few places, um, where it gets a bit more kind of light-hearted and a bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
jovial maybe um you know where it kind of goes into where it's talking about these kind of negative things when it talks about you know we don't care for no trouble we're just trying to get in and it's more about um partying isn't the right word but um a, a different kind of vibe you know so it's got this kind of different different sort of themes intertwined there within the the lyrics and one thing i also noticed was the the kind of different meta metaphors that you know yellow um has in this video and in the song you know you've obviously got the the very obvious such as you know the minions and it ties into obviously the movie itself um you know it represents the sun shining down it's obviously an alternate it's an alternate to the the blue light that's mentioned um, but I think as well, it's as with a lot of Pharrell songs, it also seems like it's um, a metaphor for God as well, and belief of some kind. There's also a line in there that says, "Yeah, there's a higher power, like a yellow light." Um, which my interpretation is, it's a very loose reference to um, you know a higher power, uh, you know, spiritually. Um, and we see that with a lot of Pharrell lyrics where he kind of you know, has these kind of metaphors for um, for God and spiritualism and religion and stuff like that. So that's that's something I noticed uh, throughout it as well. Yeah, I noticed that. So I picked up on the fact that I don't even remember around 2016 Pharrell went and met the MHA Nation, the Native American <coughs> Native American Nation led by Jasper Youngberg. And he's, he had a conversation with Pharrell about how we are ruled by the elements how we're ruled by the sun the wind water everything around us he kind of said you know we're we're products of the universe and the universe it kind of shapes us and we should shape it i know since that point pharrell's written tons of songs about the sun being a god i think yellow light was the first one and then what have i got written down so we went from yellow light he mentions it again in esp he mentioned it in lightning by magic prayer which also has a native drum pattern i mentioned it again in ron and the sevens so I feel like that conversation, that experience he had with with the I need to read it again, MHA Nation shaped this song. So I think it, like you say, it kind of has two meanings. It has oh, multiple meanings. Uh, but he's kind of saying, you know, the world is in this this state that it's in, and the sun, this higher power will is the thing that can cure us. Uh, also I noticed that he speaking of metaphors, he seems to be using the character Balthasar Brat as a metaphor for Donald Trump. So he has that line, uh, the brat is in his tower. And I took that to mean Donald Trump in, in Trump Tower. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I hadn't actually picked up on that, but that, um, that kind of makes sense for around that time. Because, yeah, when did Trump come in? 2016, wasn't it, I think? Before, uh, three yeah. or four years ago, yeah. Because we're about to get an election again, aren't we? Well, I say we, not either of us, but people out there in the US listening. Um, so yeah, it would have been around that time. So yeah, quite, quite possibly um, that would be a reference. Because again, I think, yeah, since that time, we've seen lots of other kind of references, especially on the last NERD album, you know, not mentioning Trump directly, but, you know, inferring that it's, you know, him, basically. So yeah, I hadn't picked up on that one. It's a good one. Um, what else have we got? So yeah, the, the kind of animation side and the kind of computer game side of this, like yourself, I'm a fan of those kind of 8-bit, 16-bit type videos. Um, this obviously done very well, very slickly. They obviously use the people from Illumination and people that have worked on the movie as well. Um, so as we say, he's kind of transported into this video game where he kind of 
Bowles, um, the kind of brat character, in a, in a weird dance-off, which is then finished with a weird Mortal Kombat-style move, I noticed. I also noticed as part of that as well, there's, again, just a, a, a strange little interaction as he's going through the kind of, you know, the, the level, as it were, where he encounters the, the old woman... Um, by her by her window and she tries to like hit him with a rolling pin (laughs) he falls from the building but then she realizes it's him and she calls his name out and then there's all these kind of hearts around her her head and stuff it was just a bit strange yeah she tries to attack him but then immediately realizes it's pharrell williams (laughs) at which point he's already fallen from the window and from the building but (laughs) yeah um trying to think about the thing i don't expect the song so the song itself when, I, when it first came out, I used to work for this music blog, and we got sent a press release for the song, and I wouldn't review it because I thought I'd be biased. And at first, I didn't actually like it. But I passed it on to the other person I worked with at the time, and he gave it a really a really good review, which totally changed my perspective on, on the whole song. He gave it four out of five. And he said the way he interpreted it was it's real making a statement that it's, it's so avant-garde and so opposite to happy. He was trying to like flip his image maybe turn everyone on to this new sound when he said that it, it totally changed the way i hear the song well listen to it now it is quite avant-garde and strange and has this kind of craft work feel to it it's actually really similar to the intro to light your ass on fire really similar progression that kind mm-hmm. of loop that, that upwards motion and i've not heard him do it since i've not heard him make anything like that for a long time up until that point i've not really heard him make anything that weird since um i think it's really under underappreciated track yeah and it's funny cause there's a few tracks on that album on that despicable me 3 soundtrack that are a bit quirky and a bit different and and surprisingly quite good you know yellow light i think is the first track off of the the soundtrack then you've got hug me which he does with trey parker which again when i first listened to it i thought it was quite sort of cheesy and a bit like but the more I listen to it the more it sort of grew on me and again it's, it's kind of quite quirky and fun and yeah um what else have you got on there there's something special which is um yeah a really nice track and, and shout out to to Brent who who worked on that you've got Freedom on there although we'd previously already had sort of Freedom uh Do It is on there uh, which was made for the movie again um a good track Chuck Berry Fun, 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 which I think came from one of the previous soundtracks. On every soundtrack, I think. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, And the the kind of main Despicable Me sort of track that he does as well is, uh, I think, is on every soundtrack. But there's a few kind of quirky, interesting songs that are on that album. Yeah, Um, one thing I noticed is kind of it felt like this album was almost like Pharrell experimenting before moving on to the No One Ever Really Dies album which I guess came out the same year. We, we didn't know that album was going to come out at the time, but uh, I noticed that Chuck Berry is really similar to Rolling Stones, and uh, Do It is really similar to Deep Down Body Thirst. And as I mentioned, like Yellow Light then leads straight into you know ESP, like Fire Magic Prayer and so on. It just makes you wonder how, how, how connected these two albums are. Like, was he making them at the same time? Did songs switch back and forth between the two? Uh, I don't know, but it'd be interesting to find out. It wouldn't surprise me because, yeah, obviously the, the NERD album was um, you know, in the making for quite some time. 
over you know different locations working they were working on bits and pieces and they went away from it then they were coming back to it and different people were involved at different times as well yeah you know, i think a lot of the the kind of groundwork was done by um by mike mike larson that works with um pharrell um and obviously chad when he's there as well with them and obviously mike was very involved in the tracks that are on um the despicable me soundtrack as well so so there's a good chance that yeah certain elements kind of crossed over and were used in different places and you know inspired different things perhaps to be honest i think that's all the notes i had for um for this video there's not too much to the video and the song itself apart from the the bits that we've discussed do you have anything else anything yeah, specific just, just trying to see no i don't have anything anything in addition to the things we've discussed no nothing nothing addition addition to add. yeah i think it's one of those um I think there's probably even Pharrell and NERD fans out there that wouldn't have seen this video or heard some of these songs that appear on these kind of, I was going to say kids' soundtracks, and not necessarily kids' soundtracks, but, you know, associated with kids' films. So if you are one of the people that isn't really aware of, you know, what he does away from the Neptunes and, and NERD and, you know, the kind of, you know, big smash hits that he's working on, then definitely go and check out the the various soundtracks he's worked on. As we said, there's the Despicable Me stuff, the the SpongeBob stuff, which I actually really like. I know a lot of people hate that stuff. I <laughs> quite like it. I like I think it's quite well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite fun. It's quite quirky. It's, um, you know, it's a different outlet for for him, um, you know, where he gets to kind of play around. And also, you know, you've got the, what other soundtracks? We've got the Hidden Figures soundtrack, which is brilliant. Um, the Spider-Man stuff and, you know, the bits with Hans Zimmer and things like that. So there's the plenty of, periods. you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's plenty of like different work out there that some, um, I think appeals to, you know, or could appeal to lots of different people that aren't necessarily aware of it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting actually, because before this soundtrack came out, he said he wasn't doing any more soundtracks. Remember there's an interview and someone said, are you doing any more soundtracks? He said, no, it's, it's too much work. It takes too much time. And then, mm. And then this soundtrack came out. And Hidden Figures, I think, came out after that. So it's almost like he did a U-turn. Yeah, and it, I think there's lots of things that can play into that. You know, as we say, there there may already be rough tracks out there that are being worked on that could be utilised elsewhere. I think money also talks to a certain yeah. extent as <laughs> yeah. well. You know, especially with you know, a huge franchise like Despicable Me and you know these minions and you know having a, a nine-year-old kid myself who's watched all these movies about. 10,000 bloody times um, and who has a room full of all these toys and things still it's uh, you know th there's a lot of money behind it and you know it's a big thing especially you know from a marketing perspective as well yeah I can see why you did it alright well I think that's it for that track let's get on to some, some news and some bits and pieces and we'll we'll see where some of this leads us let's say I think we'll leave the heavier stuff till till the end I mentioned a couple of a couple of other random bits in the last podcast I mentioned the Run the Jewels 4 album was about to come out it is now out with obviously the the one Pharrell guest appearance on there I've given the album a quick listen through only once recently um, I did like the Pharrell track I like the album as a whole actually it was a very very good album um, but I need to give it a few more proper listens the whole album sounded really good. The Pharrell track sounded very good. Um, I don't think he's listed on there as a producer. It is just um, a kind of writing credit and a verse that he, that he has on there. Uh, he's also about to appear on the new uh, Bougie Banton album, which comes out on the 26th of June, I think, on a track called Cherry Pie. I think it was probably earlier this year we 
we saw him on his travels uh, in, where was he, in Jamaica or wherever he may have been, um, yeah. recording stuff. So so he's got one track where he features. Again, I'm not sure what the kind of production credits are for that. That's for Alan Chad. Uh, okay. So they're both on there, yep. So that's coming out, yeah, as I say, 26th of June, so we'll set in a couple of weeks' time. So that's something to, to look forward to. I think yesterday, uh, as of recording this, we saw the first kind of official um, press photos and information on the new um, Adidas Human Race Superstars. These are, well, I think, as we say with all Pharrell shoes now, they're interesting, in, in air quotes. Um, I'm not quite sure what to make of them at the moment. Um, as with most, most Pharrell shoes they tend to sort of grow on me a, a little bit um i think these are going to be retailing for 140 us dollars so people out there in different places you can do the maths and work out what that is locally to you but they're obviously the the superstar silhouette but made of multiple different materials and designs um from what i can see they incorporate some of the stuff from the tennis hues stuff from the some of the stuff from the solar hues um, I'm sure there's other bits and pieces in there as well, but and we, we've seen him wear them um, the last couple of months, I think. Yeah, obviously sample pairs, and they do look quite good um, on the feet, from what I could see in the, the limited pictures that we have. So I think there's a couple of white versions, a couple of black versions. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check those out. But um, yeah, an interesting take on the superstar. And I think at least the white ones I may look at getting at some point in the future. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last episode, but there's a new page on the website people should go and check out. I regularly get messages asking who people can follow um, in terms of people on Instagram or Twitter or wherever it may be who are also you know, into uh, NERD, Pharrell, the Neptunes, who are buying and selling BBC and BAPE and Human Made and stuff like that. So I thought instead of constantly trying to answer all these messages I get, um, I would put a page up. So you can go over to theothers.net. You can go to, I think the page is called Who to Follow. You'll be able to see it in the top navigation bar. Uh, But there's currently a list of people who um, have either been on the podcast or who are friends of the podcast who are kind of involved in our kind of community in some kind of way. So they're some of the key people to to follow initially. Uh, If people want to be added to that list and to the page, then drop me a message and um, I'll happily add people on there. Uh, This week we also saw, um, well, a couple of Pharrell interviews actually with um, ID Magazine. So there's Pharrell and Kanye kind of interviewing each other from what I could see I haven't had a proper read of it yet um, but there's a kind of back and forth with with those guys um, which was done over the phone and also Pharrell and uh, Bobby Hundreds from uh, the Hundreds of the clothing company as well um, I think in the same issue and this kind of ties into BBC US doing a collaboration with the Hundreds uh, for a Black Lives Matters uh, t-shirt which I think by the time this podcast goes out, they will have stopped selling. I think it was only a limited run they were doing orders for. I may be completely wrong. Um, and they may even re-release it, who knows. But I think that ties into to that kind of collaboration there. So you can go and obviously check that out on their Instagram and on their uh, US web page to see if that's still on sale. But I think it was limited release only. 
Just quickly before we move on to the next piece, have you had a chance to read any of that ID Magazine interview at all, or the two interviews? I haven't. I read I read one really short piece where Kanye West was talking about how Pharrell shaped fashion, how he shaped mm-hmm. culture. It kind of really resonated with me, actually. When I was, when I was a lot younger, so in my teens, early teens, Pharrell was this guy who I'd look up to and be like, wow, there's no, there's no one like him. And Kanye mentioned... When he is in, he put a skateboard on the cover of I don't know some magazine. On the source, I, remember, I think was in it. Source, yeah. yeah. I do remember seeing that being like, wow. Because at the time, at the time I was a skater, and I was like, wow. Finally, like other people are different. You don't have to be this kind of this stereotype. You have to fit this mold. Um, and yeah, kind of just got, hit it on the head. Uh, and then he kind of finished it off saying, I mean, I'm sure you read it too, right? The part where he says, I saw a couple of the quotes. Yeah. Yeah, the part where he says that. Everything that you see now, you can't, people are finally realizing this is what Pharrell started like 20, 20 years ago. Has led to where we are now. Well, that was a really good point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he mentions in there, um, as you say, about the kind of you know the, the trend setting aspect. And yeah, I think Kanye says yeah before before I was wearing pink polos, you know Pharrell was out there wearing pink polos and, and clothes like that that weren't weren't seen as you know the the norm in hip hop kind of circles and, and things you know back then in the late 90s early 2000s it was still what we had in the mid 90s it was still you know baggy jeans and hoodies and and stuff like that and you know they, they kind of moved it on with yeah these kind of colors and products that weren't necessarily associated with um masculinity let's say and now you know and yeah when i was younger as well i probably wouldn't have been seen dead in anything bright pink but again i think it was you know because of the likes of Pharrell and Kanye, yeah, I went out and bought one of those bright pink G-Shock watches, which would always get uh, looks and comments in the in the local pub, and you know, and started wearing yeah other kind of items like that, you know, pink polo shirts, and you know, mixing up the colours a little bit, and yeah, and it's and then we look at you know fashion now, and it's like like you say, you know, it's what was happening, what they were doing, you know, fifteen twenty years ago for sure. Yeah, but someone's got to do it first. Someone's got to. Uh, break those boundaries and they did it definitely and also just on the um the note of fashion bbc eu are also doing um a black lives and matters uh black on black special edition t-shirt as well as all their other recent drops as well uh which i completely forgot to look at before recording this they're doing that i think all the all of the not just the profits, but all of the, the money raised um, goes to a couple of UK charities. And the same with the US one, all the money is going to um, charities associated with Black Lives Matters. The BBC EU store is also going an extra step. Um, so when the store reopens, uh, I think it's on the 15th of June it reopens, they've got a kind of in-house library with um, certain books and literature um, associated with Black Lives Matters. They're also offering up their own time and resource, you know, people that work at BBC EU to do volunteer work, fundraising, helping to kind of commission and set up and run events um, for people in the black community. So if you are obviously in the UK and you, know, you can reach out to them via email at community at bbcicecream.eu uh, if you have ideas or you'd like some help or advice with certain things um, I think it said they're doing they're basing it on a kind of quarter by quarter level I think I read so obviously there's a, a set amount per quarter they will probably do but they are open to ideas and suggestions so you know definitely reach out to them if you if you have anything that you would um, like them to help help you work on basically 
Uh, and also, yeah, go and cop the T-shirts. Again, I assume there's limited quantity of these T-shirts, but they are still on sale um, at BBC EU. So, yeah, get over there or to the US site and um, definitely get those T-shirts. As I say, the money will go to charity. And also, if you can, you know, donate some money yourself. I think that's kind of all the all the news I had. Obviously, I think most of the, the news and what's been going on has been kind of dominated around, you know, rightly so, the whole kind of Black Lives Matter stuff. And we're obviously seeing BBC and other brands now get involved in that and kind of try and do their part and try and help with that. And obviously, I know, I'd say probably the, the not the majority, because I don't know the exact numbers, but, you know, most people that listen to this podcast are in the US. A lot of the people that listen, a lot of our kind of community are black and or non-white so obviously this impacts a lot of people that you know listen to this and i know a lot of people i know that listen to the podcast have been out there at the the kind of protests and and things like that recently so you know a, a shout out to all of those that are actually out there doing something getting to the protests i guess almost getting in harm's way you know which they shouldn't be but they they are unfortunately because of what's you know kind of going on in mainly in the us i would say um, although we are seeing it in the UK and other places as well with in terms of, you know, the retaliation, I think, that we, we're seeing from uh, the police and things like that. But, yeah, if you know, if you listen to this podcast and you're out there, you know, make sure you, you stay safe and or as safe as you can. But, yeah, you know, a, a shout out to those that are actually out there doing something, let's say. And Aaron, anything else from yourself? Um, nothing. Just continue on from your last point about Black Lives Matter and people putting themselves out there. I just want to say kind of to everyone protesting you know thank you for what you're doing but the main thing is as well as this make sure to take care of yourselves i've seen a lot of people almost harming themselves getting getting too too involved too invested and not giving themselves time to think and time to recover because this is something that's very distressing and it's something my sister really struggles with and i've had to tell her to step back and i imagine there's a lot of people out there that are also feeling stressed and are doing the right thing by getting involved but just remember to give yourself at least a day don't don't feel guilty for having a day where you can just relax and just heal and just get your head straight before going back out there again um that's kind of all i have to say on a totally different subject matter i hate to flip it on its head really quickly is was pomegranate mentioned in the last podcast good question um it has been mentioned i think maybe when they teased it originally it was mentioned but I, yeah i might not have mentioned it since then to be honest uh, what do you think of it i quite like it i'm not a dead mouse fan at all. I, I couldn't name one of his tracks to be fair but i like it as a as a kind of you know a laid-back fun summer type song I, I i enjoyed it i've only listened to it maybe three or four times you know properly and it's been on in the background a few times i probably probably need to listen to it like a little bit more to actually sort of you know take it in but yeah i was I was pleasantly surprised, let's say. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad song. I've th- I realised, though, that I'm really biased from this track. Because when it first came out, they said the Neptunes and Dead Mouse. I was like, oh, I love this song. They've, they've finally made Dead Mouse good. Oh, I can hear everything they've done on this. This is incredible. And then I did some research, and it turned out that that actual instrumental is just Dead Mouse. It's been, it's been out for like two years. You can go on YouTube. It's sat around it. for a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the, the Neptunes possibly didn't do anything on it for i'll just probably lay down some vocals chad might have added a synth but as soon as i found that out for some reason it, it turned me off the song so yeah i need to listen to it again see, see if it goes on me um but it's an interesting choice for their their big comeback they would choose a dead mask collaboration it's yeah i find it a bit strange you know 
what they're actually doing at the moment and how they're I guess like you know it's the kind of branding and marketing side of things which you know now plays a part in every artist and every producer's life I guess but yeah just how they kind of suddenly came back with a random Facebook page Instagram account Twitter account and we know none of them are particularly um active on social media you know Pharrell is probably the most active out of them a lot of his stuff he doesn't you know necessarily post himself um it's done by his team so it was strange that yeah there was suddenly all these kind of social accounts for for them as the Neptunes which are obviously trying to push again now for whatever the reason may be and then yeah as you say that that kind of choice of track as well and person to work with if they're coming back as the neptunes i would have expected it to be a really big name and the neptune not that dead mouse isn't a big name you know in his own right and in that world he's obviously very very big but i think to kind of core neptunes pharrell nerd fans it's not necessarily the thing we would um necessarily expect yeah at least i said i certainly didn't you know i would have thought it would be you know along the lines of you know daft punk and the neptunes you know a name like that that really resonates with neptunes fans and pharrell fans who they're kind of tied to to a certain extent already dead mouse yeah was a a little bit left field yeah it was kind of unexpected but for those listening that didn't know or didn't read it a few months ago, I went in the studio with the Neptunes to do an article. And when I did that, Chad, was actually, Chad actually spoke really highly of Dead Mouse. said that they went, to Art, they went to Art Basel in Miami and that he saw Dead Mouse DJ. How do you describe it? He described it as something like a, a flock of pterodactyls flying over him. He said that, that's how, he, how the music felt to him. And I think that's what sparked the collaboration. And also, I think at, at that moment in time, they're kind of, you know what Pharrell's like? He just wants to work with everyone. If he meets you, he's going to say, can we work? I think yeah. that, 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 that's how it came about. But I agree with you. It's interesting that that was the one. I, th- I would have thought they'd choose a super, super A-lister, like Dua yeah. Lipa or, or someone for their for their first track. Uh, but I hope there's more to come. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm interested to see how they kind of progress this whole Neptunes thing from, from that kind of marketing side. Because, yeah, previously it's just been... Of course, in the past, you know, the, the name The Neptunes has been used on certain tracks with certain artists, you know, featuring The Neptunes. But they've never been kind of marketed in this way. They've never been... As if they're an artist themselves. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's... I just find it a bit strange. And also, again, you know, how... Obviously, the relationship has changed over the years and they've spent time apart and come back together to work on bits and then time apart. And I'm just really interested to see how that whole kind of thing works you know nowadays because you know we we know they're both very different people nowadays they work very differently nowadays as to how they used to work so yeah i'm, I'm intrigued to, to kind of see where it will go and what they will do with it and how it will hopefully progress yeah hopefully it will progress i know they've got over a year's worth of stuff years worth of songs let's say together they've been in the studio same studio together for way over a year now up until this point so i'm hoping that maybe maybe those songs for other people that they're doing. I know there are a lot of them for other people. I'm hoping if they didn't make it to other people's albums, they'll at least come out as a the, the Neptune's album. And actually, mm. I hope Pony Granite isn't on it. But I hope, <laughs> 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 I hope all the other stuff is. <laughs> yeah, I think as most people say, they're 
we want to see a, a clones part two. I don't know if that will. I don't think it will ever happen. Obviously, but um, it would be nice to see something like that now that we do have the Neptunes, you know, kind of officially back together again. Whether it's just an album of stuff between them, which is more maybe NERD like, or yeah, whether it is maybe an album which is featuring lots of different people, maybe tracks that don't make other albums or whatever it may be. Um, it would be interesting to kind of see another kind of project like that. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, I guess let's wrap it up there. It's been about an hour, so pretty much on time. Anything else from yourself, Aaron? Uh, actually, I've got one thing. Anyone listening, I have just done an isolation tape for Billionaire Boys Club Europe, which I don't know if they're actually going to use. So if you speak to them, bug them, tell them to put out my tape. Uh, I sent it over to Ross a while ago. Um, and that's it. No, thanks for having me on here. I, I enjoy listening to this. It's been, good been a pleasure. It's been good to have you on. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely ping Ross a message in a minute as well and uh, tell him tell him to get that out. Yeah, I've been, I've been bugging him. I've been saying, like, Ross, why's it coming? <laughs> and I think, I think since the last podcast, there may have been another one released. I saw a post about some more of the, the kind of isolation mixtapes. So what is there, five or six now at the moment, I think, something like that. Yeah, I think that's quite a few. I tried to do yeah. one based, but I tried to do one based on kind of the tastes of someone that would like the Neptunes. The way, I, the way I pitched it to Ross before he, he agreed I could do it, I pitched it as kind of, you know, it's just if you like the Neptunes, you kind of like a bit of skater rock, you like a bit of electronic music, you like something really avant-garde, you might like some hip-hop, you might like some jazz. So I tried to do do mine based on, on all of those. But I shouldn't get ahead of myself because it's not out. So I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to wait for him to approve it. <laughs> yeah, so everyone, you know, get on, a, get on Instagram and um, hit up. I won't say hit up Ross directly. Don't do that. He probably wouldn't be happy. But yeah, yeah. Go, go to BBC EU, go to their page or tag them or send them a message and uh, and yeah, tell tell them you need that uh, that Aaron mixtape for sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Good stuff. All right. Well, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. So you can stream this podcast and get the show notes via the website over at theothers.net. Otherwise, you can find us on all the usual podcast apps and spotify which you're probably already listening to this via anyway uh, you can find the the podcast on instagram at others podcast obviously others with a z you can find me at steve r penny and aaron where can people find yourself uh, just find me on instagram at aaron mavis that's it aaron mavis good stuff and there'll be a link in the show notes to that as well So yeah, we'll wrap it up for this week. Thank you to everyone and we'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.